Come on. Oh, no. Oh, oh, baby. Okay. All right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just work, please. Always good things to hear when you're going live. Well, I know. We are live now. Oh, God damn it. Don't. <sighs> Sorry. I'm. It's <laughs> a great story. Well, fumble. Fumble. Damn it. I just lost my under. Sorry, we can start now. Hello and welcome to another HLS Picks Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me MD Tex. And as always, you can catch us live over here on twitch.tv slash Suns. But make sure you subscribe to the podcast over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Come join the HLS community in Discord. That is our live chat channel, herlulsons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us at our home on these here internets, herlulsons.com. That being said, time to bring in Eddie. Eddie, how are you doing in this beautiful week? Best in the world. Yes. <laughs> Man, that was a that was a fun footballing experience. It was a very fun footballing experience. Uh, we had the the full range of emotions because I was fully prepared for this to be "Hold Me, I'm Irish." Part I fucking lost count. Yeah. Especially, especially after the the blown DPI that Dabo somehow mysteriously got picked up, and I'm just like, this this is how it ends. And then Ian Book, our dear boy Ian Book, may no one ever talk shit about him again. Ninety one plus yards to glory. Yeah, I uh, the 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 book fumble in the third quarter, walking into the end zone, is when I had the flashback montage in my head of all these things going terribly. The PI getting picked up and then the incomplete on fourth down was the 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 setting in of pain and sadness and just yeah, of course you lost this fucking game. That's what you do. And yeah. then just magic happened. Oh my god, what a what an incredible game. And to anyone who wants to try and take away from it because Trevor Lawrence wasn't there. They had a quarterback that threw for more yards than Trevor Lawrence has ever thrown for. Yes, and, and he, he's good. Oh, my God, is he good. And we held the greatest rusher in the history of the conference to Dick. a buck and change <laughs> per carry. <laughs> he, so, suck it. Yeah, uh, it was an incredible game. And, yeah, you're right. Uh, Clemson uh, definitely was still Clemson and it really looked like, Hey, this is why they're the number one team of the nation. Cause they're going to win this. And you're sitting here. Uh, I even remember cause I was doing the live reaction stream for extra life, just sitting there thinking hands in my head. Like, how am I going to do this post game show live? Like I'm starting to think about how am I going to frame like doing show prep for, for being despondent in my head about, okay, how do I frame this awful DPI bullshit, the drop, uh, pass and then the within, within an 18 hour stream on the back end of it exactly like that. that was also I'm like how am I going to stream for the rest of this so that win was a shot in the arm because I'm like oh we gave up all these points we had so many opportunities to put this away early 
And the next thing I know, I'm running around my house screaming at the top of my lungs that we beat Clemson. So yeah, I mean, there, oof, there are weekend. so many people that deserved so many shout outs. I mean, Jock was incredible. The I, I realized the, the hot thing the last few days is, oh, Etienne was actually going to throw a pass. And that's why he took his eye off the ball. I think that Etienne finally made the business decision we said he should have made by skipping the year. He realized he was on the tracks and said, you know what, sir, here you go. Have have a football. Please, please don't hurt me. Uh, McKinley was great. Michael Mayer, you know, a freshman to have some of the big mistakes he did early and come back the way he did. Uh, I mean, he, fucking Kyron Williams. The Murder Hornet, a.k.a. the Tiger King, a.k.a. the cross, the Crop Top Casanova. <laughs> I mean, how much money has that kid made in the first six weeks? Good incredible. God. Absolutely a, incredible. And, and Tommy Reese went out and put up 47 points on fucking Brent Venables. I, I will never retract any of my statements about Tommy Reese, the player. <laughs> But goddamn, I love me some Tommy Reese, the OC. Uh, yeah, Tommy Reese, the coach, is definitely everything we could have dreamed of and then some. Uh, but yes, and we are waxing poetic uh, about this game because we, of course, duh. Uh, but number two, uh, these picks on the board, uh, <laughs> we hope they happen. We really hope they happen because there's been a lot of scrambling and trying to get this board to be functional to say the least. So yeah, uh, I think we're already down nine games this weekend and it's damn near the Wednesday. entire sec is down, which is, I mean, that's mind boggling. Almost an entire conference is about out this yeah, week. What do we have two left, three left. Yeah. Uh, I think Vanderbilt might be one of the few games left. Uh, it's, it's crazy. But before we do that, uh, I do want to, for those of you live on the stream, you will notice I look a little bit different. Um, I'm doing like the worst super sane guy, Fury uh, imp- impersonation ever uh, because we did hit my extra life goal. In fact, we crushed it. Um, during the marathon, over $2,200 were donated uh, within uh, the 24-hour span, plus a little bit on the back end uh, for some promo tweets. But the lion's share of the work, over $2,000 within that 24 hours, was awesome. And uh, donations are still open at extralife.ndtext.com because we currently sit at $12,253.55. And I put chest waxing back on the board if we happen to hit 15,000. Anybody that was there uh, can tell you that was an absolutely hilarious stream. My wife enjoyed that way too much. And if we hit the stretch goal, we'll, we'll, we'll go down there again. So um, by all means, donations do not close until the end of the year. So hit that up. And with all that being said, Eddie, are you, are you ready to hopefully pick some games that not only will we be correct, but that they will actually happen? We might as well get the picks in now before all the games get canceled. Let's go, baby. All right, we bring up the beautiful board. And, uh, I mean, last week, Eddie and I, uh, we split our differences that we had. We uh, only had two we disagreed on, so we only each missed one. Both went a perfect 500 on those eight games, uh, bringing me to 33 and 34 and one, Eddie to 34, 33 and one. Uh, so we're gonna start in the ACC with the line that is, um, it's got me scratching my head. I can kind of see why, but I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on this, Eddie. And that is Miami heading in to face Virginia Tech. Miami just barely squeaked one out this past week. 
So Virginia Tech at home, a two and a half, four point favorite. Total 68. Who you got, Eddie? This is the first time I've been able to say it all year. There are some motherfucking cartoon <laughs> stick lines coming off of this line. I haven't seen news that Derek King's not playing. I haven't seen news that Miami's missing half of its team. Miami, a top 10 team in the country, 6-1. and one. The only loss they've got is to Clemson. And yet, going to Virginia Tech, which, uh, hey, obviously in good times, Blacksburg's got a, a hell of a uh, home field advantage, but in these uncertain times, you're not getting that crowd noise, and Metallica only gets you so far. This makes no sense. This line should be Miami by, I don't know, a touchdown? Vegas knows something up. I don't know what it is. Everything is on Miami right now. I'm running the other way. Give me the Hokies. Yeah, I was I was hoping you would pull the cartoon stick lines out because I the reason this was on the board was because I saw the line and my first reaction was, what in the actual fuck is this? Makes no sense. And look, I know Miami looked really, really rough last week, but they still pulled it out and it ended up being somewhat comfortable at the end of the day. Um, but Virginia Tech, they played very good. They played solid. But even then, I'm not sure how they're favorite. So, uh, yeah, I'm going VT as well. Uh, as Eddie insinuated, uh, it is early right now. There are only 529 tickets in at this time. 62% of the bets and 67% of the money are running to Miami. And how much line movement have we had? Well, not a whole lot. This line opened at two-point favorite for Virginia Tech. So all the money has been flying to Miami. And Vegas has responded by giving Miami a half a point more. No, oh, this is something wrong. Something They're wrong begging. here. They're begging, begging. you. <laughs> so it's it's happening. It's happening right now. Uh, so yeah, throw it all on Virginia Tech right now. I've, I've never felt more sure of anything. So we might be wrong on this. Who knows? Well, and we we just saw this happen with Kansas State and West Virginia. What two weeks ago? Right. I mean, kids, the the buildings are tall and shiny for a reason. Trust trust this coming from two people who have learned this lesson the hard way a billion times. And uh, another one that is in the head-scratching region, uh, and mostly because of where the action is right now, and I'll make sure to get into that, but that is Penn State and Nebraska. Penn State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Nebraska uh, is at home. 56 is the total. And here's another weird one. I mean, yes, it's early, but 68% of the tickets, 84% of the money on the Nittany Lions. And again, how this game has opened at three and a half points. And even with the early action, the most I've seen a book, the books move it is a couple of books have taken a half the hook off. That's all they've done for Penn State. That's it. They took off the hook. Something's weird here. Something smells real fishy. And look, Nebraska, for a short moment in time, Played some decent defense against Ohio State. Penn State, I, I at least feel like what Vegas is banking on is that there's the name recognition. They've been able to, you know, pull in those bets. Hey, they're got to turn it around in this season. But and Penn State looks like they're just in a rough, rough mess right now. I don't feel comfortable with them against anybody. So go ahead and give me the Huskers. Here you got Eddie. 
Well, I mean, you're right. There is something weird here. These teams are 0-5, both <laughs> straight up and against the spread. You mentioned Nebraska played okay against Ohio State for a little bit there. Do you remember what the final score of that game was, Ryan? I said, that's why the first half, they, uh, Ohio State covered a very large spread. I forget the final score, but it was not close. It was 52-17. to 17. Ohio State's coach literally apologized for scoring last-minute touchdowns because, quote, their backup backup QB didn't know how to kneel it, so they just had him run the ball. Penn State, on the other hand, (laughs) while they lost and also didn't cover a 13-point loss that they should have covered on, but, you know, game day James Franklin was game day James Franklin, Penn State is a better team. We, we had all sorts of fun with the Indiana game. Penn State easily should have won that game. Yes. I think uh, Bill Conley's win expectancy was like 98% or something just insane after that game. I feel like Penn State is a way better team. I, I, I get where you're coming from that the line is weird. But I just the other thing is, can you really imagine Penn State starting out 0-4? I couldn't imagine them starting out 0-3, so at this point in, in 2020, I'm, I'm not throwing anything off the table, but I 1 million percent understand why you're asking that question. Yeah. Mean, meanwhile, we still can get off our more like Scott Loss jokes, which is still fun for me at least, so give me the nittany lines here. All right. Uh, next up, we're, we're staying in the Big Ten because... Hilariously enough, they're they're the only ones playing right now. Uh, Speaking of things that are weird, how about a top 10 Indiana team, Eddie? (laughs) My God, cannot believe I just said those words. Did home field manifest this in and of themselves with their T-shirt run? They may have. Their their Twitter presence is very good. They make extremely good merchandise. I really wish Indy would do a deal with them. Please, please, please. Man, they've got that Indiana cult going hard. They absolutely do. And Indiana favored over the Michigan State Spartans. Seven and a half points, 51 and a half is the total. Who you got, Eddie? I hate this line. If it was seven, I would feel so, so much better. Indiana, you know, they are undefeated. They are also 3-0 against the number. Top 10 for the first time, I don't know, ever maybe? Not ever, but in a long, long time. Coming off a huge win against Michigan. Sparty, of course, also beat Michigan by way less and got absolutely curb stomped by Iowa last week. I think we're just going to assume that Sparty isn't really all that good and Michigan is really, really bad. And fuck it, let's let's ride with a top 10 Indiana. It's going to come crashing down at some point, but maybe not yet. I, I'm, I'm on the same train as you, Eddie, uh, for whatever reason. And if I remember right correctly, the, the last team I felt this way about now, it wasn't the same in the rankings whatsoever. Um, a lot of that has to do with just how weird this year is. Uh, this year has been. And um, also just everybody's playing different amount of games, et cetera, et cetera. But this has a very, uh, as far as the line goes, this team has a very Illinois feel to me where it's just you don't know how, but somehow they pull it out and it makes no sense. And but you also got the fact that, yeah, Michigan State, maybe not that great a team. Um, 
and I am I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, Michigan might just not be a very good football team train. Uh, oh, buddy, we'll get to talk about them in a little bit. But yeah, um, look, I, I believe in Penix. I believe in his penetrating ability. He has shown to be able to come through when it counts. So go ahead and give me the Hoosiers. Weird top yes. ten Indiana. So you're you're riding Phoenix is what you're telling I'm, us on I'm, this I'm, one. I'm riding Phoenix. Nice. Ryan it all the way home. All right. Let's have a we're going to go from Penix to the butt bowl, Eddie. Hey, I didn't even plan we're, that. We're eight years old. <laughs> Absolutely. Eight years old and picking lines. So then again, my grandma did teach me how to play poker when, as soon as I knew how to play cards. So whatever uh, makes sense. Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas Tech, a one and a half point favorite. Total on this one's 57. The reason this game's on the board is because another one that we had picked got canceled and why not pick a weird ass game? I mean, that's basically what we had. There's no representation in the Big 12. So boy, I was trying to figure out what to do. And, and there we go. This game uh, typically ends up. Uh, maybe this is the closest we can get to a little Asico this year, uh, because both these teams very, very bad. This open is a pick them like Vegas wanted no part of this. And then I guess enough money went on to because Texas Tech is dominating the early tickets right now. This is still basically a pick them and. More or less, here's here's why I'm going to end up going with the Texas Tech at home is because Baylor, their defense has been a little a little questionable ish. I think they're they're still rebuilding. They've still lost a lot. They don't really seem to have gained their footing with the new coaching staff. I think that's really been a big deal. But the real big deal is that this offense, God, it's fucking brutal, man. Baylor has no direction on offense right now. They're really just trying to figure out which way to go forward towards the end zone at best. And Tech, they can still put some points on the board. That hasn't really changed. Now, they're not the high-octane offense of, of yesteryear, but I trust their ability to put points on the board a whole lot more than Baylor. And in the Big 12, that's kind of the thing that matters because there's usually no defense to speak of. Uh, Texas Tech definitely doesn't have one, and uh, I don't think Baylor has enough of one to cover. Go ahead and give me the Red Raiders. Who you got, Eddie? I have nothing on this game. So <laughs> I went to people that are smarter than me. I went to the Bill Conley picks today and the Spaploose picks. If there is a wide disparity, that's usually been a very safe play. And the his his magical numbers have Baylor winning by seven. So that's an eight and a half point swing. Huh. Give me the Bears. Rawr. Well, then again, uh, those are the same numbers that had Notre Dame's defense crashing down after the Clemson game. So they might need to do some formula adjustment in the offseason there. But hey, you know You're what? A formula adjustment. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> Got him. On that note, let's take a break. We'll be right back with the rest of the picks right after this. All right, we are back, and we we mentioned Michigan earlier in the show, and we're gonna we're gonna pick Wisconsin and Michigan, even though this this is definitely one Eddie and I are talking pre-show. We're kind of giving this one the is this actually gonna happen kind of side eye right now. But as things stand, the number thirteen Badgers are a four and a half point favorite on the road against Michigan, and Eddie, 
I had mentioned that it seems like uh, last week that we might have some powers here. So I don't know if uh, you are on board yet, but I had some paperwork sent my way. Um, apparently the, the contracts are still getting handed out in this pandemic. And based on previous performance, I, I need to believe in Michigan. I need to believe that they are ready to bounce back, that this Harbaugh team will will find what it needs. The offense will get back there and everything that's been going on with Wisconsin and, and believe that all the COVID stuff has racked things so bad that there's no choice but for the Wolverines to win. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Michigan. Who do you have? Are we doing a curse bit? Because I can get on board with a curse. I'm bit. doing the curse bit. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Let's try it. Give me, uh, give me Michigan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll, 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 I, I was gonna pick Wisconsin, but I, I'm all for cursing Michigan, and it's it's seventy three eighty three on Wisconsin, which is a strong fade. I know, anyway, right? <laughs> so so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's have some fun. Yeah, we're gonna have some fun because as of right now, y'all, we are over on Michigan picks. Just so you know, we I, have. I I would classify us as perfect on Michigan picks. Well, no, we were not perfect because we both picked the Gophers and they got curb stomped. Oh, good call. Yeah. Good call. So whenever we agree on a Michigan game, the opposite happens. Exactly. So we're, we're going to see. And you know what? This is one of those times where you, you just know you got to tee up and there's that water hazard directly to your right. And you just line up 90 degrees and hit that some bit straight in. That's what we're going for here. <laughs> Noble sacrifices. As always. Yeah. Uh, because apparently Shane's the one that is the big money man right now. <laughs> I, tally sites, their their formula is very funny to me. I love it. It, it makes things very interesting. And Shane's, Shane's having a ball right now. <laughs> he's killing. I mean, he's at like 59 percent. Mine are at 58 percent. And I'm like 30 what are tally points or whatever behind him. So I'm, I'm very curious as to what their algorithm is. But uh, yeah, Shane killing it yeah he's absolutely killing it uh, very bcs bcs right now as far as how the the computer is tabulating stuff i forgot all my damn picks last week so whatever uh but anyway pack 12 after dark y'all utah three-point favorite against ucla 59 and a half is the total and eddie um this is definitely one i i don't have much of a feel on right now whatsoever uh i'm still gonna err on I don't think UCLA is very good, and Utah is always pretty consistently decent. Um, I'm just not sure what kind of weapons UCLA has. I, With the Pac-12 just starting, it's been hard to keep up with anything over there, especially last week where I kind of had my head and uh, uh, some other things that I was taking care of with uh, charity and stuff. So, um, yeah, just go ahead and give me the Utes. Who do you got, Eddie? Uh, I'm on Utah as well. I don't think this game's actually going to happen. There's uh, that too. <laughs> Utah, the, the state and the school has had a ton of problems with uh, COVID outbreaks. So I, I know that I think UCLA put out a statement earlier today saying, as of now, we're still on, but uh, I don't know. Saturday's far away. Yeah. And there's also local regulations and everything with California being in play here. That's what makes the Pac-12 a whole different beast right now. It's yeah. just getting through all the local regs. But if we if we take all that aside, you know, UCLA has played a game that they promptly lost uh, to Colorado, who is not exactly a powerhouse. 
We haven't seen Utah yet, but, you know, Wittenham always puts out a good team, always strong defensively uh, and fundamentally sound, so you got to expect that maybe uh, maybe they've got a leg up there, so I guess give me the Utes. All right. Well, Eddie, uh, you got a, a pick. I, I actually uh, was able to get 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 my mind right for, for one thing I'm assuming you're going to ask me, but go ahead and uh, – uh, let us know what you got on the docket for this week, sir. Ryan, we already talked about a top 10 Indiana. Are you ready for a top 15 Coastal Carolina on the road at the only good Trojans this nation has ever seen? The University of Troy Trojans, Coastal Carolina, laying 10 and a half on the road. Ryan, you already know what the question is. Can you give us the Coastal Carolina mascot? Chanticleers? Did I get it right? There it is. Mm, nailed it. Yeah, once as soon as I saw it's like uh, here here's the pick to put on the board. I'm like, oh shit. And I looked up the <laughs> I knew. I absolutely knew it was coming. Um, you know, I felt good talking to Ty, asking him uh how hard it was to 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 get the pronunciation stuff in gear. So I feel like I got a kindred spirit there. But uh <laughs> look, Coastal, I uh, Shane and I we I mean we had to fly through a group of five stuff in our recaps, but uh, we said it before they had a number next to their name. Start ranking these guys, you cowards. Uh, they're running the Sun Belt right now, and they're not just running it. They've been mostly running it something fierce. Uh, man, I want to play the hot hand here. I mean, Coastal, it's better than the Big 12 champion right now. Look, we already know the Sun Belt owns the Big 12, and right now Coastal Carolina is owning the Sun Belt. So, therefore, put them in the playoffs, you cowards. Chanticleers laying them. Who you got, Eddie? Chanticleers have been a damn fun team, a, a phenomenal locker room celebrating team, uh, and a great covering team. Six and zero straight up, five and one against the spread. But Ryan, this is where dreams go to die. <laughs> we have seen far too many times over the year that you don't just walk in. To Larry Blakeney Field at Veterans Memorial Stadium. Troy, over the years, has been a phenomenal underdog team, especially at home. Ten and a half feels like way too many points. The Spapluse Sim also backs that. They've got this as a much tighter game, two-point game. I think the chance are fine. I think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be a dogfight, and I think they're they're going to be squeaking by on this one. I'll take the points here. Oh, it's getting spicy here then, Eddie. We got got three different games that we disagree with. I love it. All right. Well, next up is number two, Notre Dame. Heading on the road to Boston College, the exact team you want to face if you're an Irish fan after you knock off number one. No recent history there. Oh, also uh, some no recent history with the quarterback situations either. Uh, I'm sure people won't already be making comparisons on every single throw that Ian Book and Phil Jakovic make. No, no, not this fan base. Not at all. Not whatsoever. Thirteen and a half is what Notre Dame is favored by. 49 and a half is the total. Eddie, who do you got? I don't want to lead off because I'm. I'll lead. I'll lead off. No, here's. I'm, so I'm, 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 I got this pick locked and loaded. Here's here's where we're at. We talked about this last week with Boston College versus Syracuse, and, and I talked myself out of it. I said Boston College is way better than Syracuse. I know it's a letdown spot, uh, but surely they're going to crush it. 
And, well, it was a very close game. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame coming off their biggest win since I was a child, since 1993. Brian Kelly's defining win of his tenure at Notre Dame. You've got a quarterback who knows the system, uh, knows what he's going to be seeing, ha- probably has a, a, a hankering to get some revenge on the coach that wouldn't let him off the bench. You've got at Boston College in the red bandana game, which I don't know all the lore behind, but suffice it to say it's a big deal for Boston College, uh, and their record is very good in those games. And this is the most obvious take the points. It's going to be a close dogfight. I mean, we, we've tempted the gods with having BC after number one Clemson mirroring the 1993 season. All that being said, I don't give a goddamn. Notre Dame is going to win this game. As much as Jerkstore may know what... Notre Dame might run. Clark Lee knows everything that Jerk can do. This team is not going to let down. I feel like BK, even a couple weeks ago, was saying, look, if we even if we get by Clemson, we're not done. We don't win the title that game. We got work to do. We got Boston College the next week. I think that the players are focused, and they know that there is a mission here that is not complete. Fuck Boston College. We're going we're gonna to get rid of the ghost of 1993. We're just going to do the damn thing the right way. Put their ass in the ground. Give me the Irish. Yep. And uh, I I was hoping you were going with that because I was already putting things together in my head uh, as far as uh, everything that you said. I'm like, no, but this is going to buck the trend. Oh, Milfi, I dumped something in chat. Um, I kind of knew what the red bandana game was about, but I'll go ahead and and read it. It's it's honoring the life of BC alumnus uh, Wells Crowther who was killed on 9-11 while rescuing people on the World Trade Center South Tower. Crowther was remembered as a man wearing a red bandana over his face to help him breathe through the smoke, and he helped save 18 people uh, from the South Tower before he eventually uh, came to it. So I knew it was a 9-11 thing. I didn't know the exact story. So thank you for that, Milfi. Much appreciated. Uh, and apparently nice. that uh, that was in one foot down as well. So he's, he's giving them a hat tip right now. So great information using using the synergy there. That's why the Twitch chat's helpful. Uh, but Eddie, like you said, I mean, it, it feels like there's all these things stacked against like uh, in our silly minds, right? Uh, that it, everything that is out there is, is an intangible thing that we play upon you know our football teams which is you know it works in college football more often because it's it's such an illogical sport it's a sport that relies on very young men that are still kind of learning how to come into their own um, both physically and mentally so those those narratives are easy to craft and create uh but the biggest thing for me and and you hit the nail on the head when you said you know clark lee knowing what jerk will do um, I'm, that's not even where I feel the most confident. It's more of this team knows how to pressure a quarterback. And that is where uh, Phil has struggled. Uh, when he gave Clemson a run for their money, uh, what he was able to do at the beginning part of the game, he was able to move around the pocket, get loose, extend plays, and and hit the passes when he had them. Uh, and, you know, Clemson, 
they they got burned a couple different times and then all of a sudden they make a make a mistake with a fumble return for a touchdown boy does that sound familiar and lo and behold they're down at halftime by a bunch but that second half man clemson started coming uh we saw it against notre dame too they made the adjustments things looked different uh while book wasn't getting sacked like crazy uh his uh, jersey was definitely uh, getting a little bit dirty with those uh, turf pellets, to say the least. But I expect Notre Dame to do that all game long because one thing Clark Lee did against one of the best offenses in the nation, I don't care who that quarterback was, when it came to the, the absolute time that defense had to be clutch in double OT, it was sack after sack, and it was over at that point they found a way to come through and i don't think clark's gonna have to work nearly as hard to get through bc's line as he had to on clemson's offensive line so you got that and and damn did tommy Reese show a hell of a lot um this bc defense ain't gonna be able to to hold this offense uh, i i don't think i think there'll be a little bit of sloppiness i think there will be a little bit of a letdown factor uh, in terms of I, I would expect the the start to be a little bit slower but at the end of the day, Notre Dame's going to pull away. They ain't going to look back. And, and this is something I never thought I would say. But the fact that Notre Dame is actually in the ACC, I think, helps prevent the letdown. Because they know that what mm. they just did against Clemson was round one. Like the goal, the goal at the end of the, the tunnel, they still want that national title. They know it's going to have to go through Clemson again unless they fall apart. So, and, and as of right now, you know, we just said that line was weird on Miami. Miami's like one of the the next one that could potentially take the place if Clemson falters. Uh, not not if they lose. So it's most likely going to be Notre Dame and Clemson round two. And as soon as you know, they, even when they had that win, BK said this team still needs to get better. They are laser focused, knowing that they're not where they need to be yet. It ain't mission accomplished. So the words have been where they need to be. I, and I just feel that this team is is different. Um, and from a maturity standpoint, from the line, all the returning starters on defense, you know, they show that they could come up clutch up and down the roster. So let's do it one more time, man. I, ooh, I can't believe it. I uh, I like the point you make about how the, the conference play could maybe keep the letdown away so weird and it it brought <laughs> well it, it brought to mind the uh the ndr blogger boys which i love the uh the halftime uh shot that you had with those guys listen to that the other day thought that was a lot of fun they had a post uh a, a poll up of which would you rather have happen assuming indy wins out would you rather run it back with clemson or have clemson lose and play uh, one would assume miami Mm-hmm. What what would you think? I would, would rather I would rather play Miami. I mean, if, yeah. if I hadn't, th- like, <laughs> I, I I don't feel I was I was like waiting to see if there was going to be a trick because I hadn't gotten a chance to see that yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, De'Ari Keene is is awesome, but as far as playmakers up and down the roster on both sides of the ball, key word both sides of the ball. Uh, man, Miami just they have some some weapons, but man, they don't have it. On both sides of the roster, like, you know, we, we're talking a lot of, uh, about DJ just being an incredible, you know, freshman star, just, you know, blowing up what Trevor Lawrence has done against what is one of the best defenses in the nation, still getting his. And I mean, he's not the only freshman that's a freak of nature. I mean, they NBC was highlighting all these like young studs on the other side of the defensive front seven, like. 
And those guys ain't fucking around. So if I could avoid them, I mean, th- this feels like uh, the the 2012 thing. Do you want to play Alabama and, and face the best? Or do you want to play Kansas State? Fuck no. Give, give me K State. Give me fucking Kansas State. Give me K State every day of the week, man. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you 100. percent I I understand the folks who are like, oh, I want to go through the best. I wanted to blah blah blah. Here's the thing: one, you you beat them once, so you can tick that box. I don't care if it's Trevor or Uyunglele. I'd rather see Derek King than either one of those guys. I think there's I don't know four quarterbacks I would take over Uyunglele right now in the country. It maybe. And one of them, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's it's a it's a very short list. Four actually might be a little generous. That kid is insane. He is going to be. I'm. I'll tell you this much. Not looking forward to seeing him again in two years. Which <laughs> that, know, that right? feels like a, a familiar conversation. <laughs> no shit, right? <laughs> but uh, no, just a what a amazing win, and the the best part of it. I really think we talked about it a little bit, but and we've seen it all year. You know, Kyron Williams has been such a just a breath of fresh air. And early on in the season, he would have like a stupid fumble, but then make up for it and have an amazing game the rest of the way. Michael Mayer, true freshman, some real bad drops. The false start that took points off the board comes out and has these huge catches. Ian Book with just a, a Dane Christian level devastating fumble on the goal line. Yeah, it, was, it was the most brutal and fumble comes, of the season. I mean, that could have put a dagger in Clemson right there. Oh yeah, I mean, but but then comes out and does what he does at with the last drive, just marching down the field, and then in overtime, it's the resilience of this team is so incredible. It it feels different. And the and the athleticism is also so above and beyond what we have had in other years when we've had great teams. Whether it was twenty twelve, uh, the twenty fifteen team that even through the you know the final indie destination that bit that we had, where just somebody went down with a terrifying injury every single week, you know that was an incredible team too. But this team, it it feels like something really special is happening right now, and. It would be really, really fucking stupid to lose to Boston College. Oh, it would be the dumbest so, uh, thing you could possibly do. <laughs> please, please don't do that. That would that would suck a lot. But I'm very excited for the game. Uh, it's a shame that we have lost as many college football games as we have this weekend. But of weekends to do it, this is arguably the best one because the Masters starts tomorrow, and baby, I am excited for some Masters. Why are we doing the Masters in November? God only knows. <laughs> if we didn't have a choice, go. that's fucking yeah. why. We didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. I I love the Masters. I have far too many plays fired off to the local. We are loaded up. Let's fucking go, baby. Go, Irish. Hail Gambler. All right, and that'll do it for the picks. Make sure you come over tomorrow for the Sim. See how Sim Jerkovich does against Sim Book live over here on twitch.tv slash her little sons. But make sure you still subscribe to that podcast and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever. Get your podcast feeds at. Come hang out with us in Discord over at herlittlesons.com slash Discord. And make sure you always stop by herlittlesons.com. Until next time, y'all, go Irish, be COVID, beat Eagles. Have a good one.